Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with a fantastic guest. We're going to be talking about knowledge management in a time of crisis. Chris Smith is the internal entrepreneur at a major New York-based law firm. He works with the firm's lawyers to identify opportunities and shape creative solutions to their knowledge management and search needs. His specialty is making knowledge management work. He's with us today to reflect on knowledge management challenges through the lens of our current global context and beyond, of course, COVID-19. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here, Pete. Now, I I introduced this conversation with a nod toward COVID, but I'm thinking that that is is perhaps too limiting. So let's, let's start by talking about what happens to an organization and our organization's knowledge management sort of platform resilience in times of crisis. Can you take us back a few months? At at what point did you recognize things were changing and that you'd need to change your mode of operation? Let's go back to January. um, And that's where we started getting early signals of the news and things. uh, You know, we have offices in in the pack room. Uh, So they were catching early signals of this and and talking internally uh, about uh, things that are are getting ugly in the the, uh, work environment. so we started thinking, uh, and actually, I credit my wife, who's CNN viewership, said, you're not getting on the subway anymore. So I started walking into work pretty early in February, uh, which is good. And it's good. I needed the exercise. So, um, but anyway, uh, you know, having remote offices uh, gave us a little bit of a remote feeler so we could be aware of the fact that things were going on. Um, and the collaborative environment and the nature of the work we do here, be it... Uh, via phone calls or video calls or the email threads that are going on pretty much made us aware that something significant was happening pretty early on. I think a good three weeks before we declared emergency in New York, I pinged a couple of coworkers and uh, started taking odds on whether we were going to shut the office down or not. Has that, has that ever happened to, to you at the firm, like shut, shutting the office down in your experience? You've been there a long time. I've been there a long time, and, and I have the dubious distinction of having uh, been with the firm through uh, Y2K, uh, 9-11, uh, Superstorm Sandy, um, and a couple other things that were uh, less horrific. But um, yeah, I, I'm not a disaster recovery guy. I'm not a, uh, a prepper, but um, I don't like getting called in the middle of the night, and I like my systems up. So very early on, I think we, we, it really hit home after 9-11 that um, for, for things to be available all the time, for have people to be able to trust your systems, you have to do an awful lot of upfront work to make sure things are, are functioning. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the number one lesson after 9-11 is that for disaster recovery to work uh, properly, you have to plan on not being there. Um, you want your office, you want your coworkers, everybody to have everything they need to keep working while you go and take care of your family and get safe. Um, and, and that was a really poignant lesson um, on that particular day. Um, just a little background, we are uh, less than a mile from the Twin Towers, and, and I live uh, four or five blocks from the Twin Towers. So uh, it was a very real and abrupt uh, situation. So that was 9-11. Um, and 
my systems, when I say knowledge management, it's not knowledge management, and this is the overarching piece, it's getting information to people who need it when they need it. So search is a huge part of that, but there's also other line of business applications that have to be up and running. And our um, overarching uh, philosophy at the firm is that all information has to be thought of together. So we're constantly, every system is, is flowing real time into a centralized environment and then made available through a variety of applications and search. Um, this is you know, accounting, time recording, documents, email, they all flow into the same place and process according to permissions and needs from there. So all of that had to keep working um, through these disasters. Um, 9-11, we did not lose the building, although we lost access to it. So remote accessing, uh, remote access and remote work became a very real thing. Um, at that point, our lawyers weren't as good as they are now for working remotely, but I pretty much taught them when they finally got back to the office, they had to get pretty good at it pretty quickly. Well, I, and I'd, I'd like to digress just a little bit there, because in terms of doing that, doing that work, right, training the staff on to be more efficient, to have a greater affinity with the tools that they have available to them so that they can use them in all kinds of different contexts. Uh, I, I imagine that is, you know, building a resilience state uh, that was not without its own challenges. You, you touched on a couple of things right there. You said the word training and lawyers in the same breath, and, and that's a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um, they're very lawyers are very smart people, um, but they're very busy. And, and and if you say you need to take an hour to learn the technology, they're going to just look at you like yeah. three heads. So everything we do has to be so easy to use that it's 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 intuitive. It's like like a Zoom or what have you. You, you don't just want discoverable. That. Yes. Yeah, you want it to, to, to make sense. And that's, uh, I think, a significant flaw in a lot of software in general up until you know, probably 2005, 2006. It was just too complicated. It was, it was for techies, by techies. Um, but the whole thing about remote work is really interesting because since we are a distributed, applica- uh, distributed workforce, we've always wanted people to work across time zones and across offices and, and across geographies. And we wanted our systems to, to, uh, to foster that. You wanted collaboration and search and, and availability of information to span time and place. That's a, a fundamental premise of what we do with knowledge management. You don't want to have, to people, have people uh, call or be in the same place to, uh, to get the information they need. So if we were doing things right, in the late 90s and 2000, people were starting to figure these things out and work more efficiently in a non-disaster environment. Um, That was the idea. And we had a certain, I'd say, proportion of people that really bought into it and thrived. But we also were aware that this was all optional. People could come into the office and go sit uh, at their desk and have their secretary print out emails and walk them in uh, and they'd shuffle through their in and their out basket and work much the way they did 140 years ago when the firm started. Um, then you get Superstorm Sandy. Then you get COVID-19. And the option is called. You have to use this stuff to work effectively. And uh, you're either going to be pleasantly surprised or frustrated. 
that you didn't spend the time to learn how to use these things, or you're going to discover some things that really um, would have made your life easier months or years ago. Uh, and that's kind of what I think not just um, my organization is going through right now, but I, there was a meeting of uh, all of the, the heads of New York uh, law firm, knowledge management get together pretty much monthly for lunch. We did a Zoom meeting last week and everybody was singing the same song. Um, people are, are discovering things for the first time and, and using things for the first time. And that's really kind of cool. It, it, it is cool when uh, it, it is uh, just a little bit difficult to swallow that a catastrophic sort of global event it causes them to be able to discover new tools for efficiency. Yeah, they're, they're going to, they're, the big problem is awareness. You have yeah. to get through the problem of their, what they're doing day to day to make them aware of the fact that these things are here. Um, and, and that can be difficult because you're asking them to leave the mindset of contracts and law and people and going to the idea of how information flows and how applications work. Um, and there's some people that, that don't make that transition well. Sure. You, you said uh, prepare to not be there. So let's move ourselves into reaction mode. And now we have these sort of few days in March where, you know, the world compresses kind of all at once. Uh, and talk to us about how you enter that mode and, and what did that looked like for the firm. Really kind of boring. Um, I'm very pleased to say uh, the uh, emails went out uh, for uh, conference calls. Uh, uh, in early, I, I think we did an in-person directorate meeting for the support staff uh, in early March. That was the last time we were in person, I think. But after that, it was all conference calls and Zoom meetings. Um, uh, not, I mean, we weren't in emergency mode. Um, from a knowledge management perspective, I'm very happy to say that uh, I wasn't even uh, operationally involved, but the team raised an internal COVID-19 response center that had uh, medical and physical uh, resources for, for the firm to uh, how to respond, where you're supposed to be, you know, remote working uh, facilities, as well as uh, different practice areas, specific uh, legal information. How do you advise your clients about how to deal with COVID-19? How do you deal with, uh, you know, the, the, the new laws that were coming out? So we did this internally, and at the same time, external-facing uh, resources were put, being put up uh, for our clients to see. So all of this was using the platform we have in place. Um, the, it wasn't a, an emergency situation. It was just another kind of knowledge that we were dispersing to our team internally and externally. Um, you know, aside from, from that, uh, my team uh, is pretty much, well, for the past three or four years, we've been about 70% uh, remote working. So I had people in London and Texas and, and, uh, and Bangalore, everybody working together on some significant projects. So it was very comfortable to have the morning Zoom and to, uh, to, to move on from that. The, the trick was just getting the lawyers on board. Um, and that really, um, the first couple days of, after the edict saying don't come in anymore was difficult for the support staff. But it wasn't a... Um, 
but it wasn't earth shattering. It wasn't like we slowed down at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I spent uh, last week reviewing uh, usage and analyzing usage, and there was really only a small blip in the total amount of usage. There was actually some increases in certain uh, lawyer groups in terms of the amount of knowledge resources that they were using. Uh, it was pretty obvious they couldn't get to the offices. Uh, so, for instance, every uh, uh, closing set, every document set we have is digitized and, and stored. So, you know, they couldn't get to the binders sitting behind their desk in their office, but they could get to them digitally. My next question was going to be, what, what if any, services or, or, or did you find were strained uh, across the sort of KM organization? And it sounds like you didn't feel that. I'm so proud of the team that it was really uneventful. Uh, it was, uh, uh, everybody knew what they had to do. Uh, they're the only uh, abnormality was a couple of the, the very highest partners, you know, were discovering for the first time that this team existed and, and joined <laughs> us to, uh, uh, to, to raise this COVID-19 response center and to create a special section for the partners. But uh, we just jumped on it. I mean, uh, the team, uh, this is not a place for beginners, never has been. Uh, a former executive, director, as I was enjoying there, says, you know, you're not coming to a place like this unless you're a pro and you're ready to, to, uh, to deliver to these uh, very powerful lawyers. And you've got to raise to there uh, and be ready for them. So uh, we were ready and, um, and anticipating quite a bit. Anticipation is the, the huge piece. We were, just, um, we were just there for them. One of the things we've been talking about of late, specifically in the context of adaptation, is, is uh, the, the sort of generational adaptation. And you mentioned the senior yeah. folks who are able to come to the table and, and learn. Talk a little bit about how that plays out at the firm. It's very interesting. Um, I've done a lot of work looking at, you know, the average lawyer, the average age of the workforce right now is about 42 years old. That put you, this person was uh, working with uh, Google in college. Um, I'm of a generation before that. I was out of college before uh, the internet was pretty much invented. So uh, there's a certain number of people in the workforce that have that generation. And then you've got our digital natives that have, you know, were born with an iPad in their hands. So we're seeing a really large variety of people that have comfort levels with technology. And what I have to do has to span all those people. Uh, uh, We have to make it um, useful so that all of these groups of people can share to the certain extent that they will. The one thing I've, I've learned, though, is that you cannot make any assumptions about the people you're working. Some of the most tech-savvy people I work with are very senior lawyers. Um, there are also some incredibly tech-savvy lawyers that don't have a computer on their desk. It's, it's an amazing thing. They just have a mind that understands the technology, but, but they don't actually need to, uh, to physically interact with it. So it's a really mind-blowing thing to work with these guys. They're really smart. So now it, it, we're in... Um... I guess, it, is it fair to call us in a sort of a chaos state, right? We are now trying to come to terms with what recovery looks like, what it means to to uh, resume 
continuity of business operations. Um, what, if any, lessons do you feel like you've brought away from this? And how do you how do you bring about a new normal at the firm? Uh, great phrase, new normal. I don't know that resumption of business as usual is something that we or anybody is going to anticipate. Um, what I what I do think um, the challenge ahead of us is, you know, certain things are working. You know, Zoom works. You can see somebody and talk to them while you're, while you're um, having a conversation. But it's not the same as being in the room. Uh, it's not the same as uh, the environment you get from the spontaneity of being in the same physical space as everybody else. There's a lot of work that's been done with creativity, uh, you know, the Medici effect and uh, Stanley Crystal's book in, in terms of uh, the, the value of having people with different skill sets and abilities and point of views in the same place. That is the thing that I don't know that we're going to solve unless we get in the same space again. It's interesting in preparing for this conversation. I, I read a piece this morning on the psychology of eye contact and particularly yeah. the power of eye contact for attorneys uh, yeah. who use it as a tool and the absolute categorical deficit that comes from trying to do that work on Zoom where eye contact is fundamentally broken always by a couple of inches that yeah. leads to a mile. Nobody's looking at each other's eyes anymore. How do you get anything done? <laughs> We, we really need a laptop that has the camera in the center of the screen. That's exactly uh, what we need. That's right. We need to get there. I was watching Microsoft did their build conferences this week, and they did yeah. a, a wonderful thing. It was all online, and uh, Scott Guthrie was giving his keynote and, and hosting the entire 90-minute thing. And afterwards, he, they pulled out, and he's wearing pajamas and dragon slippers. And I said, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's good. I, I like that. That checks. That's on brand. <laughs> So, but yeah, not just eye contact, but body language as well. Yeah. I, I'd add to that. It's it's important, um, and not just the, the the typical negotiating boardroom uh, client attorney situation, but you know, meeting in the hallway, uh, you know, you know, passing in the stairways. You never know what you don't know in that situation. But how can we digitally um, come up with an equivalent? I don't know that we can. Um, so uh, it's it's how we're going to get there, when we're going to get there, how, um, I don't know. I couldn't foresee easing back in and having office days a couple times a week or having small teams, but even so, it's going to be pretty unsatisfying until you can take the masks off. Access to information comes with access to devices, and as more and more uh, you know, I, let's say schools are coming out saying, you know, we're moving to single occupancy, no more shared rooms for the foreseeable future. Uh, mm -hmm. That increases a demand in terms of, uh, uh, you know, libraries and uh, computer labs. Any shared resources are all but a dinosaur anymore. Oh. I'm wondering if you uh, have any impact or if you are if the firm is going to see any impact on that, of the individualization of of devices, you know, iPads, computers, no more shared devices. I don't see that as an issue. We're, okay. we're pretty much, um, we're not bringing your own device, but uh, we're one-to-one we're there. So, a Any other physical adjustments, any other sort of plant adjustments that you're facing right now as you think about coming back to the offices? 
Well, you know, we're in a big tower on the water in Manhattan, so the elevator is going to have to be monitored, so we can only have one or two people at a time, perhaps. Rush hour is going to be a delight. Oh, well, rush hour, that's the next topic. They, they, you, the people that are commuting, some people several hours each way, is going to be horrible. They don't have the, uh, the luxury of, that I do. I, I live downtown, so I can, can walk to work. Um, so they're going to want to stagger uh, the commute so that not everybody's traveling at the same time so the trains aren't as crowded. Food service. Um, they, there's a cafeteria in the building. Uh, they Even before we moved out, we stopped. Uh, the salad bar shut down and changed to make it more sanitary. Office and, office and conference rooms. I mean, we have a, a lovely conference center uh, uh, on the floor in the, in the office. And um, a lot of those rooms, all the chairs are packed together. All these things have to be thought through. The firm is also, uh, even before we left, we were having uh, some uh, industrial cleaners come in and nightly, you know, do the whole uh, sprayed uh, sanitation piece uh elevator banks doors uh things were clean they they really um uh, made the effort to take care of the physical plant because you don't want people getting sick uh it's a daunting task uh in terms of information management uh, though it it sounds like uh the lessons learned of crises past served you well in adapting to this one what do you think you're going to take away looking at this massive wall of fog that stands before us of the unknown what do you what do you take away after the last 8 to 12 weeks that you think might serve you going forward in terms of your architecture systems build that sort of thing i think we're um i think the i'd like to see some broadening of, of what we're doing. I think we've got the basics done fairly well. Um, I, I think we can build on the ability for the lawyers to, uh, to modify and build on their knowledge bases without the help of the staff. I'd like to, to offer some self-service there. I'd like to um, expand the uh, environment to make it available to our client base as well. So we're collaborating well internally, and it's very easy to spin up the, uh, the resources internally. Uh, and I'm sure that they wanted to share them with our clients and say, okay, here, you can go here and have this part, uh, partition available for them to real-time go in there and, and search the knowledge base of new uh, advice regarding COVID-19 legal implications. Um, that, I think... Um, was a little bit kludgy right now. Our, our external facing resources are separate from our internal. I think joining those would, would go a long way. Um, aside from that, uh, I think if we can build on the awareness we've built with our lawyers regarding that, the fact that you can get an awful lot done sitting in your pajamas at home, um, uh, and sometimes you uh, it may be a better alternative rather than wait to get to the office the next day or wait to fly to tokyo get on a zoom get on a chat well last question what are you sure. most ex what are you most excited to see your attorneys your lawyers adopt that you never thought they'd adopt i love that they're using zoom yeah, uh, I, I, that that is is great. I, I love the fact that they're not afraid to turn the camera on, which uh, they weren't for uh, for a long time. Um, 
I really um, was extremely pleased to see the amount of time, particularly the associates were spending in our knowledge and resource center uh, on our, our knowledge platform. Uh, so much effort was went uh, went into laying out and, and and creating collections of useful information for for not just COVID nineteen but for for everything we do um, to see people find it and use it um, was very gratifying. Um, what I do, um, what I am looking forward to doing, is uh, again analyzing analyzing the. Uh, the types of usage that we're getting post-COVID-19 or post-remote work versus pre. So you know, look at the type of searches that people are doing. Look at the usage patterns. See what's changed. What are people searching for? They're no longer looking for the cafeteria menu, but they are looking for um, benefits information. They're no longer looking for uh, local things, but they are uh, Using looking at videos about how to use uh, technical resources, how to use a document compare that they never did before. Um, so, so that's kind of interesting. What I want to do is analyze that and look at and compare that to the effectiveness of the lawyers. So I have good metrics as far as how lawyers, particularly the associates, perform on uh, different matters. And but I'm going to see uh, are the lawyers who are actually using these resources performing better in the eyes of their uh, superiors? Are they saying, okay, this is a better associate because they know how to use these resources and they do so. I, it, it, no time like the present. If they'll do that, surely they'll do X, Y, Z sort of a sort of a push, right? Well, yeah, it's a lot to learn. And if they learn it, it makes their life easier. That, that's the key. If they, if they can get through this and, and say, okay, because I did this, it was so much easier. I'm going to do this in the future. That's where you win. Well, this is a, a fascinating conversation. You exist in a fascinating space, and I appreciate you joining us to, to share a, a little bit of your world here, even in quarantine. <laughs> Happy to do so, Pete. Thanks. Thank you so much, Chris Smith, and thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and attention. We'll be back next week with Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.